The following podcast is equivalent to a TVMA rating, thanks to the author's strong and frequent use of adult language and graphic recollection of her sexual escapades. We strongly advise listening alone or with an extremely open-minded, politically incorrect companion, such as a gay bestie. Welcome to an all-new episode of How Bitches Are Made. How Bitches Get Laid. <laughs> Don't know what to say to that. Well, isn't that what this whole I episode guess, was about? I guess you're right. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your host, Rachel Melvin. Oh, wait. I was the one who got laid. And I'm Kevin Barrett. <laughs> Hi, Kevin, everyone. Kevin, you got laid for more than just me in this story. <laughs> um, Exciting episode. Uh, okay, welcome to Deep Dive Part 2 of The Perfect Prick. Last week, we kind of had like a... A smaller version than this episode's going to be. We're going to actually dive deeply here. That was like a three-foot dive. This is going to be like a six. Ooh, we're maybe going Maybe a deep. nine. All right. Yeah. 69. Is that where you're going? <laughs> Probably was subconsciously, <laughs> yes. Thanks for picking up on that. Okay, let's jump in. I made notes. Haven't done that in a while. All right. Uh, I also have a migraine right now, so pardon that they're a bit scrambled. Um, it will literally hurt my head too much it, to the point it might explode to try to put these in sequential order let's take it slow let's take it slow just like our relationship okay Okay, so the main emphasis for me telling the story was about breaking patterns and reaping the benefits of what happens once you do and the biggest pattern that I had was putting people on pedestals but the new pattern that emerged through this courtship I'll say (laughs) was that I would temper myself. So when I felt myself getting like really excited or my expectations were building, I would kind of extract myself from the situation and put myself into isolation so that I could, you know, calm the fuck down. Yeah. I need to calm down. (laughs) You're being too loud. I am. There's a Taylor lyric for everything. There is. And you are a very strong woman. Thank you. The fact that you could do that, like... Cite Taylor Swift? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might think that. Um, in what way? What do you mean? In the way that you could like go seclude yourself in like oh, place and not let it affect you. And, I mean, like, it affected yeah. me. It was hard. Yeah. Like you don't even know the half of it. If Tell you me. saw me, you would have thought I was psycho. <laughs> Especially if you knew what I was thinking in my head, which was that you were the one. Like, because oh. there was no, it was, there was no reason for me to think that outside of a sound bath. Like, it doesn't sound much more crazy than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you were thinking that. Um, but that was my first question. Did uh, did you notice that I was tempering myself or removing myself from situations or acting weird in any way? No. Outside of the normal. I know? think you played me. I think you played me like a damn fiddle, and I. <laughs> I did used to play the fiddle. <laughs> did you? On the violin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're playing me now. So you didn't notice? I don't think so. Did like, you? Maybe uh, looking back a little bit. I think I think we were so wrapped up in our own <clears throat> stuff and I was so... Oh, speak for yourself. I was wrapped up in you in I case was, the story did not make that evident. I was very wrapped up in you and I think it was, looking back at it now, I was only kidding myself. You know, I, I, mean, I didn't I want to that. fuck it up. I because 
I did not want to lose the friendship with you because I liked you so much. I was like, any little thing could just throw this entire thing off. And I didn't, I didn't want that. Okay. So I have so many questions for you because this is the first time. So everyone knows that Kevin's ever heard this story, ever heard my side of what was going through my head when we met. And you said a lot of really, really sweet things. I did. I, I, cor- I courted you so in this much. episode. <laughs> I love you so much. Babe. Um, my question to you was, when did you notice that I was romantically interested in you? And when did you become romantically interested in me? Because I don't know your side of things. I think I do. I mean... I mean, I certainly sound and act like I do in retelling this story. <laughs> the turning point was definitely that night in the hot tub when you were vulnerable. And, and there I was... was... you over the head with it? With a club? Oh, yeah. Super obvious. <laughs> yeah. When you got vulnerable and you, yeah, you make me, you know... Nervous, nervous. Or something. you yeah. make me nervous yeah. yeah i was like oh she does like me so the vulnerability think, thing worked i don't think james ever told me anything which no is, he didn't so which is shocking because james talks like no because he, james has boundaries that was my whole point yeah. it's like that tactic didn't work anymore because oh, i was I yeah. establishing new patterns in life one of which was attracting healthy people with boundaries so i tried to use these old tactics and it didn't work <laughs> because these people were and actually you told james not to tell and he's like okay, no I, I never even said don't tell him oh it was just implied Oh. I think if we had James on here right now, he he was just as invested in playing it cool and orchestrating it so that it would go smoothly as all of us were because yeah. I think he really saw potential in it working out. No I one was living with James at the time and I was probably telling him all the time, like, I am not getting in relationships. I'm out like you know this is not happening well it's funny I, because I so guarded at know? the saloon he was like really hell-bent on getting you to fuck me well i think he just wanted to, to get me laid or something no he you did know? he was just but like then, oh he just needs to get out of his shell yeah. he needs a booty call or whatever yeah well he that certainly was... got that didn't you <laughs> 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 anyway okay wait so the vulnerability thing actually did work yes i assumed percent. it did because you know we're yeah, here we made out for the next 20 minutes but, or <laughs> what did i say to you right when we were done making out <laughs> old habits die hard i looked at you and i go just remember i'm the one that did this <laughs> i was like i'm never gonna live that down Great. i wanted credit but then we proceeded to make out inside too right yeah i don't remember it was this is a blur just a lot of making out and yeah. fooling around for a while yeah. as it should be those are good times let's yeah, turn off you- these mics <laughs> let's relive it <laughs> but you didn't notice at any point that i was interested outside of that that night I think I saw glimpses and stuff here and there, and but I didn't know if it was flirtatious or friendship. You, you know? weren't reading into it. No, because you, you had ignored me so much <laughs> for the previous year. Kind of like you were saying, like talking through James to me when yeah. I was cooking. I think I just took that as, yeah, oh, she's just not interested. She's here with her desert husband. <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. You're like, she's already in a relationship. I'll make dinner. I'm happy to be a part of this right now, but... That's very funny. Yeah. You really... You didn't put out many signs. Oh, that's rich. Because you said to me in the hot tub, you were like, I knew. You're not subtle, Rachel. You're not subtle. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm subtle as shit. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. There was something before. jog your memory for There was something before that that... Yeah. Well, you and James, okay, so I remember because you and James were doing like, you were putting together like a sizzle for like a home show. Mm -hmm. And James brought me into it and he was like trying to get me to like act like I had a crush on you. And that was actually before I really did. Right. 
So like he had me saying things that weren't necessarily true. Things that I would never say like, oh yeah, it's really hard to focus with guys with their shirts off. Like I would never say something that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But we have it on video now. I'm just because I'm not a body person. But yeah, we do have it on video (laughs) because I did it for James. But you had totally overheard that because you guys were like installing the hot tub at the time. I hadn't overheard it. Oh, I I didn't. I didn't see it until uh, we played the tape back. So was it that? Because I was busy moving like a 500-pound hot tub. I didn't hear shit. Was it that? Or I'm trying to No, it wasn't that. There was was something else that you did. Oh, damn. I wish my memory was better. You should try writing. It'll all come back to you. I know. In vivid Your recollections of everything is... Which is very funny because I have a very terrible memory. Okay. Well... So I'm only bringing this up because James was over last night for dinner again. And I brought this up because I had just listened to this episode back. That comment when I was like, James was the perfect wingman, even if he was going to eventually propose a threesome. I told told him last night for the first time. I was like, yeah, you know, if you had, I probably would have been into it, which is so funny because I'm not a threesome. I don't like to share. (laughs) It's like the only threesome I've actually entertained the idea. That's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, James would have been game instantly. I I would not have been. Because because last night we were talking with James about how he like loves everybody and mm-hmm. he was like contemplating like, you know, doing things with this one girl he's friends with and He's like, yeah, you know, she, she she thinks that she likes me or whatever. And I was like, he goes, but I think she's just confused. And I go, no, James, like, I think I thought I liked you for a minute. But I was confused. But, like, that's just kind of the vibe you, you give. Yeah. It's like this, just the wires are crossed. Like, yeah. yeah, he's like, I was like, you have a very sexual energy. <laughs> but it's very disarming. Anyway, uh, so I, I wanted to mention that because I thought it was funny. That's That's the vulnerability thing. He's oh, a vulnerable he person, you know so what? You're like, right. it's attractive to everyone, you know? You're totally fucking right. Holy yeah. shit, the vulnerability <laughs> thing does, really it does work. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, look at that. It was weird. I didn't feel like I was being vulnerable, but when I look back on it, it's like, yeah, I remember the conversation with Heather on the phone as I was like, he makes me feel these things I've never felt before. Like, I do. I feel nervous around him. I feel unsure. Like, I feel like I don't know how to talk to him really and she was like tell him all that and yeah. i was like are you high why would i tell <laughs> would him I all that? that and then she said that it works but i think that is the stark contrast from you wouldn't talk to me at all and then you were vulnerable like total 180 i was I like you oh, whiplash. oh yeah. yeah yeah you gave me whiplash yeah, too, you gave but me in a whiplash, different way. Baby. just kidding so why were you on tinder And did you think when I swiped whatever direction I did that that meant more than just, hey, you're my friend. Hi, what's up? Mm, I don't know how long I was on Tinder for. Oh, I'll I'll fucking tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Does it tell you on the app? No, but I'm going to jog your memory about a couple other things too. Oh, no. Yeah. Remember when you were like, you were were playing it really cool. I was like, you have no idea what was going through my head. (laughs) (laughs) When I swiped for you, it was... Kind of what you were saying, somewhat innocent, because like any friend that I would see on a dating app, I always swipe right, 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 because I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, you know, it's you. Yes, I wanted more because I was like, ooh, she's she's looking. Okay, I I don't want her to get snatched up. She's a great friend. Like, I really want to be around her. I don't want her bringing some other dude over. <laughs> you know, like that. That's annoying. <laughs> Plus, I wanted to I wanted to give you a little bit of shit for having the 
you know, a different name on there. I was like, oh, this is rich. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this will be fun. Like, no, not rich. Mel. <laughs> oh, no, Beth. <laughs> oh, the only reason it even ever occurred to me that you could potentially just be like doing the friendly nod was mm-hmm. because actually Kirk's friend I saw on there. And that's what I did. I was like, oh, hey, I don't yeah. want to like swipe the bad way for him to be offended. So I swiped the correct way. Right. And then he messaged me mm-hmm. and I was like, he knows we're broken up. Is he trying to hook up with me? And then I got yeah. fucking weird. Was and that was the message? only reason. Was it like a romantic kind of vibe? Well, I didn't, I'd only met him like one or two times. Oh, and that's where he thought he would have an end because it's like yeah. not close enough. To, yeah. So yeah. then he started talking to me and I was like, this kind of feels strange. I didn't mean that. Like, don't read into this. So that had, I think, happened recently. So when I did that with you, I like got in my head a little bit about it and I was like, oh, maybe this isn't what I think it is. And, and then I really couldn't read you at all. You were very hard to read. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, (laughs) war and peace. I'm a hard read. You're so goofy. Uh, I did swipe on a girl at Home Depot Uh that you'd recognize her. um, Oh, I think you've told me this before. But I swiped because I was like, oh, it's a girl from Home Depot, you know? And I talked to her all the time. have no interest in her, no attraction whatsoever. But I was like, oh. And then it matched. And then I got weirded out. I was like... It's a dangerous like, game. She didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And we just like left it at that. No good deed goes unpunished. And this is why being polite is, you know, you shouldn't always be polite. It can sometimes bite you in the dick. It, it most often does. Yeah. It's not the way you saw that blowjob going. No, okay. No. There's more on the Tinder thing, but I feel like we should talk about these other things first. Okay. okay so the date that you went on at the saloon. Tell yeah. us about it, Kevin. <laughs> it wasn't at the saloon. It was going to be at the saloon, but it just turned into a booty call. She just wanted to... turned into a booty call. Okay. Mm -hmm. She... I got in the car and she was like, why don't you meet me at my house? So I drove up there. (laughs) If a guy said that to me, I'd be like, no thanks. I like my life. (laughs) I have no plans for murder. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I took the knife out of my back and I came back (laughs) to the hot tub. It's so funny to me because like I knew I knew exactly where you were going and you guys were like all trying to shield my feelings, which by the way, should have been the indicator that like there was some interest on your side. I did not want to leave like because I don't think that day we didn't even know you were coming over. I think it was kind of like a last minute or you and James had talked about it or something. And then, you know, I had come back and I had already made plans and I canceled them a million times. And so... The fact this that girl you was were... just, let's just make you sound like an asshole again. Let's just keep this going. This girl was like dying to fuck him. She was. <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was brutal. Oh. How does that not turn you off? Oh, God. I, I'm a guy. That would turn me off so bad. I'd be like, actually, there was one time I slept with a guy just to get him off my fucking back. I was like, really? all right, fine. If I fuck you, will you leave me alone? Yeah. We're the same person. <laughs> God, he was gross. Too. He had really saggy balls. And they felt like velvet door knockers knocking up against my thighs. Oh, you should have got a bag of ice. To, like, and it was so disappointing because he like he was young, good looking, but not my type. Like, like he was very muscly. But he had like ninety year old balls. Yeah, he had like weird saggy ass balls. But on top of it, he like narrated the entire experience like we were in a porn. And I was like, shut your mouth. Where's the sock so I can shove it in there? <laughs> so annoyed. That's so odd. That was someone that um, a woman I worked with set me up with. Oh, in the next chapter, we're going to talk about this guy named Double D. Mm. So when I was going through my breakup with Double D, this woman I worked with 
set me up with this guy who was on our show. Mm-hmm. He was like a, a glorified extra kind of. Yeah. And she set me up with him. She's like, you just need to like have a hookup to get over double D. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's not how I work. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was a pain in the ass. Uh, not in an well, anal oh. way. I don't do anal. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, was he narrating that? <laughs> this is a very dirty episode. Oh. Well, I did want to yeah. say the fact that like you came over and then like I went out. I I didn't want to go at all. You were dead on like with that. And then I couldn't get back quick enough. I wanted to make it back before you left because I figured you were going to, you know, probably get in the hot tub and then you were going to leave. And I was like, no, this could be such a better night. Like, I, what am I doing? Fuck. <laughs> I was in the Which car is... just like, you know, beating myself up. Like, why the fuck am I doing this? But that's so funny because when you came back to the hot tub, you were so apprehensive to like fool around. Well, I still have to play the game. I know. Yeah. The game was really fun. Yeah, the game was. But it was very strange, though, I have to say, because like I was entertained by the feelings I was having knowing the situation. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is very weird that I'm not like freaking out or feeling anxious or panicky that he's like going out to meet somebody. Like that was a very strange feeling. And we talked about like how how you know when someone's the one. Right. I think that was like also a thing is there was no anxiety. I would just like my bedrock was not at all shaken. I was like, it's cool. It's fine. It's very strange. Well, and I think we didn't mess around right away because... It was the same thing. Like, I wanted to just be there with you. I was like, this girl is so great. Like, I just I just want to be in her company. I want to be around her. Like, That's really sweet. And we, and we didn't have a lot of those nights, you know? No, like, we didn't. And that was, like, one random night. And I was like, of course, of all, all the fucking nights, this stupid thing comes like, up. I'm thinking, too, when we were sitting in the water and I was, like, trying to give you hints without being too on the nose about it. I'm I'm actually now like recollecting that I think I was like I could make a move but how would I feel about being his sloppy second cuz I'm pretty sure I know he just fucked somebody <laughs> and like that doesn't make me feel good do I care enough yeah, but there the was a lot of things kills I was everything. waiting like it yeah <laughs> dries it all out It's really funny <laughs> Okay, so then shortly after, you and James and James's boyfriend, you guys all took a trip to Marfa a few months yeah. later. Yeah. And this is going back to the Tinder thing. Oh, right. This is how I knew you were still on Tinder. Mm -hmm. Because I was showing you off to someone. I was like, no, no, look at his pictures. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, he changed his profile pic. He changed his fucking profile pic. To a pic of me and Marfa. (laughs) To a pic of you and Marfa. And I was like, he's still fucking looking for someone. That was the only time I can say I was truly bothered by behavior. Because at that point when that happened, there had been so many conversations already. Yeah. One of which was what happened after you had the freak out. I'm sorry, I'm calling it freak out oh at uh at the the other house house, yeah yeah and i was like no i don't kiss my friends (laughs) well let's let's talk a little bit about the follow-up of that because obviously that was where our story ended on this podcast wait you haven't you haven't seen the new picture on tinder have you Uh it's you and me with finn (laughs) (laughs) it says i'm taken uh, I don't think that would stop many people. Kevin was at the store recently and these girls were hitting on him and he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm engaged. I have a fiance. And they were like, oh, what's her Instagram? Yeah. Like, we want to We want to message her and tell her how great she is or whatever. I was, I was like, like, you want to mm-hmm. infiltrate and manipulate the situation, you weirdos. Yeah. It was very weird. Very strange. Anyhow, people are into that. Actually, a lot of people are into unavailable people. Yeah. 
people that um, are emotionally unavailable themselves go after other people that are emotionally unavailable because they know the relationship can only go so far. I used to be one of those people. Yeah. Or or they see somebody with a ring and they're like, that person is stable. I need something stable. Well, they see right. a ring and they go, oh, that person can commit. Right. That's what you think. But a ring does not always mean that. Right. Especially if they cheat. <laughs> It's a pretty clear sign yeah, specifically that they did not they commit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after I left that night at the mm. Colorful House, that's what we're going to call it. Yeah. Okay. This rental. The next day, I kind of knew that you would call, but I was like, okay, are you thinking this is a rom-com and you're like waiting for the call that's not actually going to come because this is fucking reality. Right. But then you called. Yeah. I watched a lot of rom-coms. <laughs> you knew how to handle the <laughs> And then you had called, and do you it remember what you said? It was that, or I was said? coming up with the stereo above my head. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That was the first scene I ever did in oh LA, by the way. God, yeah. <laughs> so overplayed. It's the only reason I even so know that cliche. scene. Yeah, but yeah. So you called me. Do you remember what you said? I fucked up. I didn't mean it the way I said it. Yes, that's what I remember you yeah. saying. I didn't mean it the way I said yeah. it. Yeah, because that word casual, oof, bad, yeah. bad, bad yeah. v- word vomit. Don't use that word, guys, because. <laughs> I knew it as soon as like my brain was like trying to stop that word from coming out of my mouth as I was saying. I was like, no, this is not at all what I mean. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck. So basically that conversation that you and I had then was like a very, speaking of vulnerability, like that was a very vulnerable conversation where I had said to you like, look, I actually meant it when I said I wanted to take things slow. I've been on my own. I have my own things going on. Like I don't want to jump into a relationship where I see you every day, talk to you every day, we do everything together. Like I have my shit that I need to do and like you'll come in and out of my life as it works out. That's what I was terrified of because I didn't believe you. Right. I didn't believe you at all because that was my ex that I got a restraining order against. It was... Yeah. We quote unquote had our own boundaries and stuff, but it was like I had just a koala bear stuck to my arm. You know, yeah, like that sounds pretty shake awful. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those things are vicious. Yeah, they they actually can be. Yeah. Um, have you ever held a koala? No. Their butts are like there's like a steel plate in their butt. It's like really hard. Like if you knock on it, that's oh, what really? I remember from holding one. What? Yeah. Maybe that's cool. maybe that's not accurate. Where'd you get to hold a koala? Oh, when I went to Australia, that's I went to cool. Melbourne. That's cool. Yeah, it was really fun. It was very cute. And then a, and then a little Joey bit my finger. Oh yeah. They yeah. they can be assholes, can't they? Um, don't yes, they, the adults. Punch and the babies were and... cute though. He just bit oh. my finger thinking it was a carrot. I oh. mean, I didn't hold it against That's him. Cute. But then I held him against me. <laughs> he was really cute. That's cute. So yeah, we had this we had this deep, meaningful conversation on the phone and I felt like, okay, we cleared the air. We'd both agree that we're gonna go slow, but in my head I knew there were two things going through my head. One, I knew I had to prove to you that I provided safety, like it was safe to be around me. But that was superseded by the fact where I was like, I have to protect myself around this guy. Yeah. Because I didn't trust that you wouldn't have emotional reactions to things that weren't there. And in fact, I think you and I had had a couple conversations where I'd say to you, like, you're not reacting appropriately to this situation. You're reacting to a past trauma that you're misperceiving this as. I was triggered in a way that wasn't real. Yeah. In there was our relationship. Correct. Anyway, yeah. So it was this thing of where it actually did work out, where every time I needed to temper myself, it was actually helping the situation because it was giving you space to trust that I wasn't going to suffocate you. Yeah. But when you guys went to Marfa and you changed your picture, I started to like step back more because I was like, okay, 
I don't know if he's doing that to test me or if he thinks I'm not going to notice or what. Because also by that point, you had told me that you were seeing someone in LA, but that it wasn't super serious. You weren't sure how it was going to last, but you wanted to be totally upfront with me. Oh, that was the elementary school teacher? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was because like I asked you to hang out at the weekend. You were like, well, I have to be honest with you. I'm helping someone move. You said that again. I'm helping a friend move. And I was like, okay, a friend. Is someone you're fucking just say it. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> because here's the thing. It's so silly. You Not would say so I'm helping my are... friend. But you say a friend. That means it's someone you're fucking. Oh, okay. I could be a fucking detective. Oh. See, but you're rational. You you understand this, like whereas a lot of pest girls wouldn't be so understanding. I thought you said you know? pest girls. <laughs> a lot of those pest girls. <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole reason you know? I'm I'm saying this right now is because I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that, like how I was able to deal with that because I think as much as people don't believe me when I say it, I think there was a lot of disbelief in real time for me as I was handling it because you did tell me you were seeing that person. And not to sound egotistical, but when you did, in my head, I I really was at the point of like recognizing what I had to offer. And I thought, that's cool. Nothing against this person I don't know. But I all I know is she is not me because there can only be one me. And I know I'm I'm great. I'm a catch. And the reason I say that's not egotistical is because that was the first time I really believed that and had that confidence. And I think that's kind of the missing ingredient for a lot of women when it comes to getting the people that they want that are right for them. Yeah. You said that you were going to go help her move. And I think what was really also interesting, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm about to speak for you, was how you reacted to my reaction in telling me. What did I, what did I, I do? Ju- I just felt like you were kind of weary of it. Like, I think you were like waiting for a freak out that didn't come. And then because I didn't freak out, that made you <laughs> like even more nervous. Like, uh, what's going on? Yeah. Well, and after I helped her move, that was the last I saw of her. I know. You came back and you told me it was like, over. And I was like, okay. Like, you were very good about being up front with me. That's why the Marfa thing was so fucking weird. Because I was like, okay, why has he been, like, <laughs> talking on? about being in a relationship with me, taking things slow, like, not wanting to jump into something serious, and then but being, like, up front with the people he's seeing in addition to me. And I think there was one time we were watching Inside Out at one mm. of the rentals. And that's when you told me about the teacher. And I was like, I mean, that's okay. I'm like, I don't expect you to like, you know, just be exclusive with me right away. Like explore your options. And I I do think what played into me being more comfortable with that was um, the farmer and Jared, how Mm -hmm. instantly into me they were. It made me feel suffocated and I didn't want to do that to other people. Yeah, you like immediately put a wall up. Yeah, Yeah, well, Well, I also knew that that was unhealthy. Well, and I think that it took time to realize it, but... For me, it was, I started realizing you were the one because I could be wholly open with you. There wasn't any of that weird, like, you know, oh, I got to tread light. Yeah, yeah, tread lightly here because, you know, she's going to freak out or, or I'll just lie or I won't tell her and then it'll all be okay. That never works out. Right. And the fact that I could constantly be, like, you, you would tell me things, I'd tell you things, and we just had this constant open communication that just felt so great because there's no elephant in the room there's nothing going on and if there is we talk about it and get to the point well it's very interesting because I think when you want something really bad and that was another thing when I said I I knew I knew I had zero nerves about losing you which was also very strange I was just like it's hard to feign that 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to tell people that's how you have to be, but it's hard to feign. Like you just yeah. have to feel it organically. But I think that that is what lends itself to it working out because yeah. it was like I had my own shit going on and it was almost like I convinced myself like this is a part of my life. Be super happy if it worked out, but if it doesn't, oh well. That's part of the thing of like being whole on your own because mm. another person only adds, they don't take away. Yeah. But there were a lot of times when I like prior to all these conversations that we're referencing right now, mm. when I when I was liking you and I felt my expectations rising and there weren't conversations or connections, that's when I was feeling the anxiety. It was like I, I need to like make this connection with him and once I do that I'll feel fine. Yeah. It's shit or get off the pot, like Something has to happen or it's not going to. But I was only doing that because I was spending all my time obsessing and thinking right. instead of focusing on the shit that I needed to right. get done. And then once you focused on you, you were like, oh, Everything fell wait, into place. Everything's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the worst parts of any relationship are when you're afraid somebody's going to leave you or it's not open, it's not healthy, it's a balloon filled, you know? So one of the things that my therapist told me, and I cannot believe I haven't talked about it on this podcast yet, Mm -hmm. because this is also one of like the greatest things, and I've talked to you about it before, is the scale of safety and eroticism. Mm -hmm. Unicorn penis represented straight eroticism. My relationship with him was extremely risque and sexual and fun and dark and like caused a lot of anxiety and insecurity as eroticism does. Yeah, which is fun in doses. Right. So risk is very intoxicating. That's the same thing as it being erotic. But then I went straight from that relationship to someone like Kirk, who just straight up represented safety, which can get very routine and monotonous. And a lot of people then stray and want to... Right. So when you have just an erotic relationship, you want a little bit of safety. And when you have just a safe relationship, you want that eroticism. So most people, that is why they cheat because they're not getting both. That was something that she kind of brought to my attention that I was attuned to. So with you, as I've always said, you represent both things. You're right in the middle. And what you just said is that nervousness, that anxiety, that's the eroticism. That's what makes us continuing to be interested in somebody. It's the thrill of the chase, right? We don't really feel that safety. It keeps us going back for more because we're after that safety. But then when you have too much of that safety, you get bored. Yeah. So you want somebody that kind of offers both where the scale's kind of like going back and forth. That's the ideal relationship. Well, and it's so great being with you because when I'm like, hey, you down for an adventure? You're game. Because <laughs> like, we, we do. We work. We get into monotonous parts, but then we add adventure, you know? Yeah. Which is so much fun. Yeah. You'd never know where it's going to go. It's very true. It usually it's just sexy. goes to Home Depot. But <laughs> <laughs> So you asked me last week what my parents thought of you uh, or not last week, I guess just the last episode. Yeah, you had asked yeah. me in the last deep dive what my parents said when Laura and I came home from the saloon. Right, yeah. And you said so they didn't. they didn't say anything. Yeah. But let me tell you about when they met you for the first time. So my parents came out here and I really wanted them to meet James. So every time my parents hear about someone I'm dating, I'm like, he's the one, I know it. And like, you can't, I can't wait for you to meet him. You have to meet him. And as a parent, they're like, okay, all right. This time... I was like, you're not going to meet Kevin, so don't ask. I'm taking things slow with him. Like, I don't want to fuck it up. You're just going to meet James, okay? Mm. Well, then here Kevin is. Well, I want to meet your parents. Let me meet your parents. (laughs) So Kevin 
and James both met my parents at so the I same time. Infiltrated situation. Well, there was, it started raining at one of the properties and you ran into like get the keys or open the door or something. And my mom turns to me from the passenger seat and she looks back at me and she goes, okay, you need to be with him. And I was like, what? And she takes, she takes out oh, your fucking like checklist for Airbnb or maintenance thing. And she's like, I love him. He is so organized and this and that. And I was like, oh, you know my parents actually like someone. I think your mom had circled a couple of things I had gotten wrong though on it. Like. Oh, yeah, that's a pastime like, for her. She edits the newspaper. I loved it. I fell in love with your mom right then. I was like, oh my fuck God. yeah. <laughs> Try growing up with her. You'd feel different. <laughs> no, it's actually really convenient, especially when you have a podcast. Hey, heck yeah. <laughs> hey, can you uh, prove um, this? But, so they loved you then, but then we went back to the luxury rental, and we were all in the hot tub or whatever, and talk about being yourself like I really felt like myself around you and James so when I was there with my parents I was really myself and then after that (laughs) night you and James were both like we need to talk to you about the way you talk to your parents and I was like what (laughs) you guys were like yeah you you should be nicer to them (laughs) you were beating them up I'm not that's the way we're from Chicago that's how we show love I realize that Irish Italians (laughs) But yeah, that was really funny when you guys said that because again, like, what? you guys were very healthy people <laughs> right? and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I've never had anyone give me this feedback before. Like, we would never talk to our parents this way. So and then of course I told my parents that and they loved you even more. Oh. So speaking of parents, let's talk about, uh, let's call your mom. <laughs> how you knew that I was the one. How do you know that I was the one? Then I'll get to the follow-up question. Well, I think we kind of went through that. I think that was... Uh... No, was there like a moment? Because I had a moment. No, it was a growing thing for me. Oh. Yeah, it was It was all those signs because I think I was working through my own trauma and mm-hmm. past stuff that I, I didn't fully trust you, but I knew you were an amazing friend and I didn't want you to go anywhere. So as I trusted you more and more, when you would tell me that you were giving me space or that we could take it slow. I didn't trust it at first, but then I trusted you over time, you know? Yeah, I want to point out. I started out. seeing it like you were saying what you were going to do, and then you did it. And I was like, oh, shit. She's well, not bullshitting me. The only thing I want to point out to people who are listening that might be in their 20s, and I've known people that do this, is it's like... Another theme that really runs throughout this story is... Saying what you mean and meaning what you say and following it up with action. The other part of it is really being honest with yourself. It might sound weird to people that I was like, well, I knew Kevin was the one, so I wasn't going to date anybody else. A lot of people would hear that and be like, no, you need to play the field because like, what if that didn't work out? Then you have no other options. But for me, I had more to lose by doing that. For two reasons. One, it's just not the way I work. It doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel more depressed. But two, if you knew I had been seeing other people, that could have made you trust me less. Right? Sure. But I don't think it would have. Kind of like you knew I was seeing other people. and. But that's because I wasn't threatened by those things because of the, the Band-Aid comment that I was explaining. I was right. like, those people are fulfilling a role that I'm not willing to do. Yeah. So that's why that doesn't affect me. But who's to say like that would have been your experience from the opposite side? 
sure. You don't know. Yeah. And that's why I'm all about like doing what you need to do for you not to get a result. Because I, I could have like wanted to speed you up and get you to be more interested by feeling like you were going to lose me and dating other people. Right. But why do that? That that wasn't going to serve me. That would be an example of just doing something to get a reaction. Yeah. And that was my past girlfriend. Correct. It, it was always doing something to get a reaction out of me. And yeah, that would have immediately put a wall up for me. If you did that, I would have been like, I'm out. Bye. Yeah. No way. So I want to, I want to point that out to younger listeners just because I know a lot of people said that shit to me. Like, oh, you should play the field. You should play the field. No, just do what you need to do for you and it'll all work out. Well, and being in our thirties, we have played the field. Like we've seen what we like in a relationship, what we don't like in a relationship. And we've had plenty of time, you know, some like I, I don't understand how people can get married at 18, 20, but they're on a different path, you know? Like, it took our path to get to where Forever. we are right now. We've yeah. talked about that. It's like yeah. our wedding feels, like, kind of silly in ways to plan because it feels like at our age this is like a second marriage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it it's very, very weird, but it's yeah. true. But the, the, the upside of it is it's like... The only people that are at our wedding are our really, really good friends. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many weddings I went to where I don't even talk to those people anymore. Right. Like these people I know will they'll still be around. They're basically family. Yeah. So base. the follow up question was gonna be when you asked my dad for my hand, oh, so my. to speak, what his reaction was. Well that was pulling teeth. He was the first one I called and the last one I told in your family. <laughs> <laughs> I literally talked to every single person in your family. Got everyone's permission, got videos from everyone, and your dad just, he wouldn't have his phone on him, or he left it at your sister's house. He never house has his or, phone on him, he, yeah. And your mom, I was like, can you just have have him call me? I need to, I need to ask him this. So finally, I get to ask him, and he kind of laughs, and he's like, I mean, you know her, right? If you can handle her, she's all yours. Yeah, great. <laughs> that handle thing. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I'm a tough, tough cookie to handle. I'm a, hot, I'm a hot one to handle. Yeah, you're a hot cookie. I don't feel like I'm that difficult to handle. Which, no. by the way, is the moment, in case it wasn't clear, that I knew you were the one was how you reacted to me freaking out, which was basically you didn't react at all. Oh yeah, I've yeah. seen crazy. I you're liked that crazy. you weren't afraid of me. No, I'm not that scary. <laughs> But you are strong, independent. I can see how people would find you intimidating. Yeah, let's talk about that. Please, elaborate. How would like, they? You never intimidated me. I I was intrigued by it. I was like, ooh, okay. I like whatever this is. She's strong. She's, you know, opinionated. I think that's why I've always been friends with, what's her name in the story? Abby? Yeah. Like, <laughs> those, those are just girls that I always got along with. The fiery, just crass... They say what they mean. I saw that in you and I was like, yeah, she's strong. I could see how somebody would be intimidated and wouldn't want to like get close. I don't feel like you've ever actually been intimidated by me though. No, a little put off when you would ignore me. Like we, there was this one time we, uh, after we had met at Home Depot and gone to the saloon, randomly we're hiking in the park oh my on god one I forgot random about trail that. barker dam and we run into like james it was uh james and his boyfriend and i yeah that, yeah uh-huh. we were on a hike and we run into rachel and her cousin i was like oh shit rage what's up nothing like <laughs> oh hi james how's it going oh yeah this is my cousin and then 
just like the first time we met, <laughs> I ended up talking to your cousin the entire time. <laughs> like she just ghosted me. That wasn't like the first year there. of knowing you, though. I hadn't made my turn yet. I mean, it's just simple, like, you know, humanity Manners? ethics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, the argument is guys want what they can't have. And I feel like you were more interested in me because I had I didn't give a shit. <laughs> no, I was, I was out. I was like, man, she's just, just tough. Okay, but She's so tough. that's my question, though. I don't feel like you've answered yet. Like, if you were so turned off and sh- and put out by me, then at what point were you like, huh? Well, I think you started opening up when we started hanging out more, like when we were at the luxury house more often. Yeah. Or like we started working on projects. We did that uh, TV wall. We did the reclaimed wood oh, yeah. thing together. God, that, that was, thing was so ugly. Oh, it was hideous. <laughs> but it was our first project together <laughs> do you remember the light and, that we made too that oh, was even worse that was, we spray painted like a wicker basket it was so <laughs> it was ugly so i was bad. like mm. that was actually the first time that you and i did a project we we're fully together no one was around james that was, wasn't around that's right. that was like the moment i was like oh i'm getting to know you and you're you have to be open because it's just us. Well, actually, the way that whole thing went down is, remember, we were going to go on a date and then you had to go do something and you're like, do you care if we just like kind of make this a twofer? Can the date be us like working on this? Yeah. And I was like, sure, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Which again, I'll go back and say, like, I wasn't saying that just to like appease you. Like there was something in it for me. Like I actually really like building things. So I was like, that sounds great. Right. I wasn't just doing that to like earn brownie points with you. Yeah, and I felt that, yeah. Which I also wasn't saying, like, I don't kiss my friends to, like, get you to come back. I was hoping you would come back, but I was just, like, I felt, like, sufficiently fucked and not in the way I wanted to be. I was just, like... You were adamant in your own right that you deserve... Well, I think there was a misunderstanding about when you and I did sleep together. Because... There was, yeah. Because there was a lot of chemistry, and it was, like, getting to the point where I was, like, oh, man, like, it was just so... It's just so right. It fit together. And yeah. and then I, I remembered, correct me if I'm wrong, we were about to and you were like, is that okay? Or like there was like a check-in moment and I was like, I mean, yeah, if it's okay with you. And what I was saying is like, you'll know what that means. Is that okay? Is what it means okay with you? Because if so, let's do this. There was that point, but no, I didn't. I didn't take it that way fully you knew where i was at i just didn't want to get into a relationship or anything and that was the catalyst like to get into the relationship you know yeah, for you. yeah right but i mean it and that's maybe the tell me if i'm wrong so for me i thought about sleeping together that was just like taking a flyer out like hey we're intending to be in a relationship eventually this is something that could be serious where maybe you took it as that means it's serious right now yeah, that's that's what. Yeah. Interesting. Look yeah. at we just figured that out. <laughs> we did. <laughs> that's very funny. I was like, oh no, she's a hundred percent in now. Shit. So there was um, a, a comment that I made in the story too about uh, having a moment where I realized you were going to be. This was the first of my last kiss. Oh, this yeah. is the first like kiss that. of the last kiss I'd ever have. Yeah. And what's really funny is I remember having that feeling when I was with Kirk and we'd been together for a long time. And this was when I was really thinking whether or not I should end things. And it was, this was a big factor in my decision to end things. I remember thinking, what if he's the last guy I'm ever going to (laughs) kiss? And it made me really sad. Oh no. Yeah. And then when I had that realization with you in the hot tub, I was like, that's the only person I want to kiss ever again. (laughs) Like, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. 
I'm um, glad you're the last person I'm going to kiss. Other than Finn. <laughs> our dog. He likes to open mouth kiss. It's weird. You want to talk about squirting? Yeah, let's talk about squirting. <laughs> uh, when you made the comment, like, every girl squirts. And I was like, I couldn't tell if he was fucking with, if he wanted to fuck with me or he wanted to fuck me. And Kevin looks at me and goes, both. <laughs> well, shall we tell everyone? Yeah, every girl squirts. Or can squirt. He's right. the ability to. All right, moving on from that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Why, why do you say that? Uh, okay, so to wrap up, there's only one other thing that I wanted to talk about. So nice last episode, to, Kevin... Nice way to glaze over that. Thank you. So last episode, Kevin and I talked about how we dealt with... How we were dealing with our breakups differently. So I was actively like putting a guard up and you were still being like affable and outgoing. Um, I just wanted to say this. I kind of beat around the bush saying this a couple times, but I never came out and said it mm-hmm. forthright. Knowing you aren't available means that you'll be able to see someone for who they are. So in other words, I kept saying I was comparing everyone else to Kirk or I was only like looking at my past in comparing you to Kirk. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't have all these things that Kirk has. I would have not been seeing all the things that you had that he didn't that actually meant more that I had been looking for. So those things happen all the time, right? That's why timing is so important. But like, if you don't take that moment to heal and be alone, then you can miss those things because you're comparing someone to your past. And in doing so, you'll miss the things that they offer that might be more beneficial towards you or more valuable to you. Yeah. Well, and I think that is why I'm so outgoing and want to get to know people because for me, I'm rarely ever comparing because I know everybody's different in their own right. Nobody's exactly the same, you know. But you get to know somebody way quicker when you ask them questions and are open yeah. with them. And that could work for the good or the bad. And the bad, it's like, okay, you're not my person. Bye. Like, now I know you real quick. Done. And instead of like the long, slow, played out. Version? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, like you did to me. <laughs> well, and I think the thing that was fascinating for me too, and in like retrospect, is in observing you as a friend first... I got to see who you really, really were, truly. Because when we meet people for the first time or we want to date them, it's like a job interview. You're on your best behavior. You want to show off the best parts of you. So it's not like you're acting and being fake, but but you are to a degree, right? We're all putting our best foot forward. It's like Instagram. You're portraying what you want people to see you as. Exactly. Instead of who you are, yeah. And I'm a big proponent of being friends with someone first because the stakes are a lot lower and you get to like actually see who they are first. Yeah. And you won't be blinded by them putting their best foot forward. Yeah. Well, and there is that weird thing because putting myself in your shoes, especially after James said like, oh, you should fuck Kevin. It it immediately puts your guard up because like, wait, is this guy going to hit on me? Like, I get it. I get why you didn't talk to me and you were going through your relationship stuff. So I understand that because if somebody was like actively trying to pursue me and I wasn't into it, I'd be like, okay, back off. It's just so funny though. Cause I never thought my story would be, Oh yeah, we first met each other. We didn't like each other at all. And now we're engaged. Isn't that great? <laughs> just goes to show you, you never know what form your package will arrive in. And I'm very pleased with my package <laughs> and yours. Okay. <laughs> so uh, unless you have anything else to add, I think that's it for this deep dive. Those were all my notes. I just want to let everyone know, I love this girl <laughs> so damn much. I'm so happy I found you. you I'm so girl. happy we're at the same Home Depot in the same weird little desert town. 
at yeah. the same time. And I'm really glad that the timing worked out the way it did. Because yeah. as you guys will hear in next week's story, Kevin and I were both dealing with, um, he was dealing with his ex and I was dealing with someone else at the same time. And again, to highlight the importance of timing, I think that that experience bonded us as well. Big time. Dealing with those two things. And um, they were very big, serious things. And it brought us closer and showed that we would and could be each other's support system. And yeah, so next week we'll talk about the importance of being healthy and what happens if you're not. So this was a success story and next week is a cautionary tale. And that will be our finale. So make sure you join us for that. And you can follow us at the Kevin Barrett at the Rachel Melvin on Instagram. And as always, feel free to email us info at howbitchesaremade.com. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and consistency review. is key. Stay bitchy, my friends. <laughs> Bye for now. We'll see you next week. Bye.